joining us now to talk all things hockey, works with TSN Edge. It is Sam Hitchcock. Sam, thanks so much for joining the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. Great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a lot of different stuff I'd love to do with you. The first thing is is kind of look back at the regular season, but through the lens of what the projections were, the point projections for so many for a bunch of different the teams in the NHL. And let's start with the Boston Bruins. Beginning of the year, ninety five and a half points. I would have said, oh, probably take the under. Banged up, injured, older. And they're like 13 points away from already hitting the over. How much did we underestimate how good Boston was going to be this year? Yeah, I mean, I think we didn't know quite how important the change of putting Jim Montgomery in there would be. I think that they've obviously still kept their defensive stinginess under Montgomery, which was a uh, kind of hallmark of the Bruins under Bruce Cassidy. But the offense has obviously completely exploded. I mean, they're top of the league. I think you're seeing Pasternak really flourish this season. Bergeron and Marchand look great. And they just have that forward offensive depth through through three lines that has just been really formidable. And they're really just dominating teams, have obviously a ton of regulation wins and have a ridiculous goal differential. And they're putting up a, a historic season. Yeah, it's it's been incredible. I I kind of threw it out there. You know what? Actually, we'll, we'll save it. I want to I want to swing back to what you think is the biggest story so far of the season. But we'll get there. The Colorado Avalanche. Um, they're like 14th, I believe, in points percentage. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? Where the Avalanche are right now, and you know the big deal being, hey, they're 14th. The little deal had a lot of injuries. How do you view? the defending champs? You know, I, I, when I saw at the beginning of the season what their president's trophy odds were, I didn't really think I didn't really think that made a lot of sense. Uh, there's usually, uh, for the team that wins the Stanley Cup, a, a little bit of ennui that happens um, the season after. I think that you know, the regular season doesn't have quite the same import that it had when you haven't won that Stanley Cup. They've obviously been super banged up. And I really think when you look at the Avalanche recently, you really can't overestimate the importance of having Pavel Franco back. They were playing Georgiev every single game. It obviously was not working, even though they were too scared to put out, uh, put up their backup. And they lost a long string of games. But as soon as Franco got healthy again and they were able to platoon, they ripped off a winning streak. They're getting healthier. Byron's supposed to be coming back. So is Manson. Um, so I, I think... When you look at the composition of the forwards in the defensive group, and I think that their goaltending duo is going to uh, fare well in the playoffs. I think that uh, you know they, you, you can either win because of your goaltender or with your goaltender, kind of almost in spite of them. That was true with Kemper last year. So I think that um, they certainly have the goaltending that is capable of uh, winning them another Stanley Cup. And I think that while they do miss a player like Nas and Kadri, I definitely think that the roster is there for another deep Stanley Cup run. Fair to say there's no bigger disappointment than the Florida Panthers, and to throw in another example would be would be foolish. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I actually was uh, kind of, pounding my metaphorical keys on my tw- for my Twitter at the beginning of the season saying uh, I thought that they were a really good bet for plus 700 to miss the playoffs. And uh, oh. if you look at right now, 
that looks like it could be borne out. And I, I think that, uh, you know, <laughs> there's a through line here for, um, you know, with a, a team that's really kind of exceeding expectations and a team that is really behind expectations. And that's Paul Maurice. I actually recently wrote a column that's on TSN Edge. I was kind of hammering this point as well. But uh, Maurice, you know, he's got over a 1,000 games in the NHL. Uh, he's got a uh, very underwhelming win rate. Um, I think you saw the Winnipeg Jets kind of underachieved and really uh, did not necessarily play up to maybe the potential that was on the roster. And I didn't really understand them bringing him in and getting rid of Brunette when he did such a good job. I thought stewarding a really dynamic offense that obviously was still kind of finding its way into the second round. And then this year, it's like the offense is still there. And I think at the beginning of the season, you saw the defensive numbers had improved. But in the last two months, their defensive numbers are ghastly. And if you're watching them on a night-to-night basis, team doesn't gap up. They don't box out. I mean, they're a mess in their defensive zone. And I think the most important fact with the Panthers is the goaltending has been atrocious. I think you look at the Edmonton Oilers and it's like, okay, Campbell wasn't the guy but they had someone in Stuart Skinner who could come in and play great hockey. But with the Panthers, Bob Roski, Spencer Knight, Alex Lyon, all three of these guys are poor options. And that goaltending has really torpedoed their chances. And right now, I mean, it looks like they're going to probably miss the playoffs, and that's a massive disappointment. And the crazy thing is, at the beginning of the year, the Panthers projected point total on uh, most Vegas sports books, 104 and a half uh, points. And Boston was 95 and a half. So be careful out there. Uh, joined by Sam Hitchcock, TSN Edge contributor on all things hockey. Um, the, uh, the Bruins plus 480 to win the cup. They are the clear shortest odds. Next is Carolina at 7 to 1. I know it's the Captain Obvious pick, but th- I mean, this team feels, I've said it over and over now the last week, they feel like they're on a mission. They know they might not have a window this good. And they're just going to give two middle fingers to the curse of whatever team wins has the most points and all that kind of jazz. Uh, is there any value? Is I mean, I know there's that great value, and I know it's a Captain Obvious pick, but it just feels so right. Yeah, I mean, I think I would like the Canes a little bit more um, if that Pacioretty injury hadn't happened. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I think you kind of have to go back to. Uh, that playoff series against the Rangers. And I thought that the Rangers did a really good job with um, protecting the slot. And I think that having someone who's like a real sharpshooter like Pasharetti um, really could have alleviated that concern come the postseason. Because, I mean, listen, you can you can grind out wins during the regular season. I think Brenda Moore is a specialist at that. But you do need guys who can uh, kind of rise above in the postseason, especially when those matchups get magnified. And I think that they have that kind of ready-shoot mentality with kind of funneling pucks on goal and getting screens. But I think that Pasharetti had that kind of dynamism that they were maybe a little bit missing last season. I think his injury really hurts them. So I am maybe a little bit more bearish on the Hurricanes Cup odds than most. Yep. Um, I think that, that, you know, I'm not I, – I, I don't know where you rank um, Frederick Anderson among goaltenders in the conference – but, I mean, he's at least behind Shesterkin and Vasilevsky. So if this team is going to be only winning low-scoring games, but they probably don't have the best goaltender in the matchup, that makes me a little bit worried. We have gone this entire time and have yet to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, uh, I saw there are, there's a TSN special on FanDuel 
Nylander goals is set at 45 and a half. Right now, he has 28 goals. He's projected to get 44. The over's minus 120. The under's minus 108. I want to do the old school mainstream media thing that we used to do years ago, where the mainstream media would say mean things about <laughs> Nylander, and then everyone in the blogosphere would get upset. And yes, I am generalizing, but I, I, you know, eventually Matthews is going to be back, and you know, some more shots will go his way. I, I like the under of forty-five and a half goals. Sam, can you talk me out of it? You know, I I'm not going to talk you out of it, and I think that uh, I, I I think that. I'm curious to see how Nylander is used over the next few months, and especially if they bring in uh, another forward, how Nylander fits into that. I mean, are are we going to see something like he's spearheading his own line? I think you've kind of seen that a little bit with the Matthews injury, right, with uh, Tavares and Marner and Bunting uh, loaded on the first line, and then Nylander's playing with, like, Kerfoot and uh, Yarncroke. So, I'm I'm curious if they do bring in another forward, whether they kind of spread out the talent a little bit more, and maybe that pushes his his goal his goals down. So I I, I think and, and and if he hits over that, it's really just I, I think going to be probably more a uh, byproduct of you know power play shooting percentage, and obviously he's. He's deadly on the man advantage. He's got a great shot. He's a really uh, electrifying player. But I, I support your under. I, I like to uh, try to take unders when I can because I think that uh, you're always going to see a little bit more favoritism towards scoring. So I think that there's some value there. So I support it, Matt. Well, I saw this, uh, that the under in the NHL All-Star game has actually been hitting the over-under total of 13 and a half. Uh, Josh Ingles joined us earlier, who's mentioned it's a little high, and talked about how since the league established this new format, only six of the 18 games have seen 14 or more goals. So, hey, everyone, maybe take the under. Uh, but we'll end with this, Sam, with the All-Star game coming this weekend. Is there any game, any line, any um, uh, Barkoff at 7-1 for the shooting accuracy competition? Is there anything that sticks out for you from a betting perspective that you like? All right. So, yeah, I, I have a lot of opinions on this, but I'll give you my, my favorite one. I think that when you look at the fastest skater, it's a young man's game. Tyru last year, Barzell in 2020, when McDavid won three years in a row, he was a young pup. You had Dylan Larkin before that in 2016. That disqualifies Stevenson. He's 28. I think Larkin's a little bit too old. McCarr is really young, but he's a defenseman. Defensemen basically never win. So that means I'm looking at Andre Sveshnikov at plus 650. He's 22 years old. I think he's hungry. I think he's a nice, powerful skater. And I think that is there's some good value in there. I think Kairu kind of came out of nowhere. Fastest skater. You can get a you can get a surprise. So that's my favorite one for tonight. I love it. Also on FanDuel, it's now at eight to one. So go throw down some money on that. Hey Sam, really appreciate. It. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Go check out his work. I contributor with TSN Edge covering all things hockey.